Shinsuke continued his discussion on the stage of the path shared in common. Today, Rinpoche beings of medium capacity. He paid special attention today to the four noble truths, the truth of suffering, the truth of origin, the truth of cessation, and the truth of path. Enjoy. So today uh, we will begin uh, on page 267 in the English, uh, and this is uh, where the, just so everyone can get to where we are. So this section, uh, which is called uh, Training the Mind in the Stage of the Past, Shared in Common with Beings of Medium Capacity, uh, begins with the Lama Tsongkhapa's outline. Uh, and we find that there are four categories for the outline. First, the mental training. A second category, the measure of the determination to be free. Third category, clearing away misconceptions. And the fourth category of ascertaining the nature of the path leading to liberation. Uh, so these four categories, uh, um, in a condensed way, mean the following. Uh, so, and Rinpoche said it's good uh, that we're going over this again. Um, so we've already gone through this and we're going over it again. Uh, so the first category, the mental training, refers to renunciation, uh, the determination to be free. Um, the second category, the measure of the determination to be free, 
refers to how does one measure in one's continuum if the determination to be free is present or if renunciation is present. Uh, and then we find in uh, Lama Tsongkhapa's uh, smaller poem, uh, The Three Principal Paths, uh, where we find a quote that explains uh, what the measure of that attitude is exactly. Uh, and it says, um, I'll read the two lines into this, by constant meditation your mind will not entertain a moment's wish even for the successes of, of, for the successes of life. And then here we have, and you will aim for freedom all day and night, then you experience transcendent renunciation. So this is uh, how you measure uh, if the renunciation is present in the continuum or in the mind, it, it means that if it is present, then you are aiming for liberation, for freedom, uh, day and night. Uh, so that's the category number two. The third category, dispelling misconception, uh, is uh, um, a misconception that is uh, gone over later on in the text uh, that is presented at times uh, by um, those who believe that the hearers are only the only ones who actually engage in the practice of renunciation, uh, that the bodhisattvas do not engage in this practice. Uh, so this is the misconception that's cleared away in this third category, and that's related to the, the developing renunciation uh, and uh, the, uh, the practitioners who can actually develop it. So the misconception is that this is really a hearer's practice. Uh, so the fourth category, ascertaining the nature of the path leading to uh, liberation uh, uh, refers to the truth of cessation uh, and the truth of path. Uh, so we find the presentation of those two, two of uh, the Four Noble Truths in that section. This one. <laughs> Tabatunia Then Sachi Tambo, Giant Sheba, Ewasum. 
so this first category, the mental training, uh, which is referring to the determination to be free or renunciation, uh, we find there are two categories here. First, identifying the mind intent on liberation and the method for developing the mind intent on liberation. Uh, so the first category, identifying the mind intent on liberation, uh, we uh, find that there is just one category here uh, that Lama Tsongkhapa presents. But when we look at Jayan Sheba's commentary, we find that there are actually three categories that he shows. Uh, first, actual liberation. Um, second, uh, the mind seeking it, so the mind that seeks actual liberation. Uh, and then what is abandoned uh, um, while seeking liberation. Uh, so these are the three categories that are presented by Jayan Sheba. And then the second category, the method for developing the mind intent on liberation, uh, we find two categories presented by Lama Tsongkhapa. First, reflection on suffering and its origin, and then the second category of reflection from the viewpoint of the 12 links of dependent origination or the 12 dependent arisings. Uh, so uh, if one reflects on suffering and its origin, one will develop uh, the mind intent on liberation. If one reflects on the viewpoint of the 12 dependent arisings, one will be able to develop the mind intent on liberation. So this is the point of that part. Mm. Um, so the developing the mind the method for developing the mind intent on liberation has two categories. First, reflection on suffering and its origin, uh, to have the arisal of renunciation or the mind intent on liberation, and then reflection uh, from the viewpoint of the 12 dependent arisings. Uh, so by reflecting on the 12 links of dependent origination, one can develop or, or have the arisal of the mind intent on liberation or renunciation. Uh, so the first category, 
reflection. So this is the real method, the actual method for uh, developing uh, this realization. Uh, so this is the actual method or the real method. So the reflection on suffering and its origin uh, there are two categories, reflection on the truth of suffering, the faults of cyclic existence, uh, and then reflection on the process of uh, cyc cyclic existence uh, in terms of origin. Um, uh, so uh, we find very similar, uh, um, um, uh, we don't find anything different uh, presented uh, in Jayan Sheba's commentary at this point. Um, so. Uh, reflection on suffering and its origin is important, uh, and, and reflection on the truth of suffering, the faults of cyclic existence, and reflection on the process of cyclic existence in terms of its origin is important uh, because of the point uh, made uh, in the um, abbreviated stages of the path. Um, the Lamrim Dudan. It says, if you do not make an effort to think about true sufferings and their drawbacks, you will not properly develop a keen interest to work for liberation. If you do not consider the stages whereby true origins of all suffering place and keep you in cyclic existence, you will not know the means for cutting the root of this vicious circle. Therefore, you should cherish exuding total disgust and renunciation of such existence, while knowing which factors bind you to its wheel. I, the yogi, have practiced just that. If you would also seek liberation, please cultivate yourself in the same way. Uh, so this is from the abbreviated stages of the path, and this shows you the um, uh, importance of these two categories. Thomas <laughs> Lajulachi <laughs> Um, so the first uh, category, reflection on the truth of suffering, the faults of cyclic existence, uh, there are two categories, uh, showing the significance of the Buddha's asserting the truth of suffering as the first of the four truths, uh, and then the actual meditation on suffering. Um, so the presentation here is the same as the first chapter of Lord Maitreya's Abhisama Alamkara. 
where it speaks of the um, established truths. Uh, and in, in that um, section, we find the order the same uh, again. So we first find uh, the first uh, truth, the truth of uh, the, um, I'm sorry, the superior truth of suffering, uh, and then the superior truth of origin, then the superior truth of uh, cessation, uh, and then superior truth of path. Uh, so this is the presentation according to how one actually practices these truths, the stages of practice of these truths. Um, so this is how uh, the first chapter of Abhisama Alamkara presents it. In the fourth chapter, we find the presentation according to cause and effect. And in that chapter, uh, it says uh, the cause, the path, the suffering, uh, the cessation. Um, so here, cause is referring to the truth of origin, path referring to truth of path, um, uh, um, suffering, truth of suffering, and cessation, um, the, the truth of cessation. And this is according to cause and effect. Um, so we first have uh, the cause, which is referring to origin, uh, being in that first category, because this is the category of causes, uh, and that links to, in the category of effects, that first effect, which is the um, truth of suffering, or suffering as it's presented in Abhisama Alamkara. And then the second um, uh, truth in this order of cause and effect would be truth of path, and that links with the, the truth of suffering. Uh, that um, uh, is arisen from it, that arises from it. Um, so this is the presentation of the Four Noble Truths according to cause and effect. Um, but this presentation that is about to be given is the, um, according to the stages of how one would practice these truths. Um, so uh, that's the point here. But here, Dixon. ตัดดงเดบะเจจิตุมาสุนเดงเดบะกุญเดบะกุเดลาเดสเซเซมบะจิโยโรวะเตซาจิโยสุนบะนาจิเทกเรสเทบิจุเซเตซินาลงกิด
proof according to scripture of this this order. Um, so uh, um, so we find the truth of suffering, the truth of origin, the truth of cessation, and the truth of path. Uh, and this order is presented in the sublime continuum. Uh, and then later uh, in the text we find uh, um, the order the proof of order um, relying on analysis um, or uh, dion dot uh, correct signs, proof, correct proofs. Uh, so that's the um, second uh, way of looking at them. Dixon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so the uh, category reflection on the truth of suffering the <coughs> excuse me, the faults of cyclic existence has two categories, showing the significance of the Buddha's asserting the truth of suffering as the first of the four truths, so showing uh, uh, the order, um, uh, the presentation of order of the four noble truths, uh, of, of truth of suffering, uh, origin, cessation, and path. Uh, and then the actual meditation on suffering, then we uh, look at the various types of suffering, the, suf- the eight types of suffering, the six types of suffering, the three types of suffering. Mm. Debbie Um, So the first category, showing the significance of the Buddha asserting the truth of suffering as the first of the four truths. Um, So qualm. The true origins are the causes and true sufferings are um, their effects. 
Why then did the Bhagavan reverse that order? If the origins precede sufferings and say, monks, this is the noble truth of suffering. This is the noble truth of the origin. Uh, so then we have a response. So uh, this is um, asking why this wasn't presented uh, in a cause and effect way, the way we find that fourth chapter of the Abhisalamkara uh, presenting it. Um, so then the response is, or the reply, in this case, the teacher reversed in uh, the sequence of cause and effect, not out of error, but because this reversal is vital, vital for practice. Um, so this is the condensed response. Uh, so in this uh, response section, there are two categories, the condensed response uh, and then the kind of um, uh, um, broader response um, or the, um, the, or the uh, expanded response is what it usually is. So the uh, summar summary or the condensed response and then the expanded response. Uh, so in this case, the teacher reversed the sequence of cause and effect not out of error, but because this reversal is vital, vital for practice. So this is the condensed response. Um, so it's very important uh, for practicing uh, that this order was presented in the way that it was. So in Jayan uh, Sheva's commentary, we find these two categories of the summary or condensed uh, and then the expanded or broader explanation. Um, so this re response, in the, this case, the teacher reversed the sequence of cause and effect not out of error, but because the rever this reversal is vital for practice, uh, is the condensed um, point or the uh, summarized point. I guess summarized response. This way. Yes, Dujaranilatoma Dengan Kuipensu 
So now we then have the expanded response, uh, the broader response. Why, if his disciples failed to develop a proper determination to liberate themselves from cyclic existence, first would uh, existence first, they would sever the very root of liberation. How then could he lead them to liberation? Uh, thus, in the beginning, the darkness of ignorance enshrouded his students. They mistook the wonders of cyclic existence, which in fact are suffering for happiness. Um, so, in this expanded response, we find well, uh, out what uh, happens um, if uh, um, the students do not develop this uh, determination to liberate themselves. Um, and if this uh, determination to liberate oneself isn't present, uh, then liberation is not possible. So it says the, uh, the, they would sever the very, uh, very root of liberation. Um, so uh, without this determination to be free or this renunciation, uh, liberation isn't possible. Uh, um, how then uh, could he lead them to liberation? Thus, in the beginning, the darkness of ignorance enshrouded his students. So there's uh, uh, two different categories of ignorance. Ignorance of karma and its results, uh, and then ignorance of the nature of reality. Um, and so it says, um, uh, because uh, the darkness of ignorance enshrouded uh, his students, uh, in the beginning, uh, the darkness of ignorance, so these different types of ignorance of cause and effect and the nature of reality, has caused them to see uh, that which is actually suffering as happiness. Um, so um, this ignorance um, causes uh, a grasping at things uh, which are, um, the grasping at things as they are uh, forms of happiness, but they are actually forms of suffering. Um, so this is a mistaken um, um, idea, or a, um, a mistaken, um, uh, mistaken view that grasps at things which are um, suffering as forms of happiness. Um, so uh, then we find a quote from Arya Deva's 400 verses or 400 stanzas that says, Fool, if there, there is no end whatsoever to this ocean of uh, suffering, why are you who are caught up in it not afraid? Um, so this is stating that 
if there isn't a realization of emptiness, of the nature of reality, um, then it's not possible to get rid of the grasping at true establishment. Uh, and if the grasping uh, at true establishment is left unharmed, uh, then the karma and the afflictions are left unharmed. And if the karma and afflictions are left unharmed, then you have necessarily have suffering um, because the karma and afflictions bring about uh, suffering. So it's saying here, uh, if you don't have this realization, how can you not be scared? Um, because without this realization, you're, you're definitely going to be uh, reborn. Uh, um, uh, so there will be no end whatsoever to this ocean. And... Um, to, to this ocean of suffering. Um, so it's not possible to end cyclic existence without this realization. ため ワディジゲンウドワタ。ジェジャベルノトゲワテナバクンドユメナソンデシミタデユマレスワテコアレンウドワ。シミタデメスシミタメスナリゴマシミタユスウドワトメチョジャタマタンデンバスタミタユアレ
Um, so um, there is an end, um, but there is not a beginning. Um, but there is no end if one hasn't realized emptiness. Um, so that's implicitly meant within the 400 verses. So we, we have to analyze it because one could respond by, and say that there is no end to cyclic existence because Aryadeva said so uh, by misinterpreting uh, what was meant the, or the, the, the pith of the meaning here. Uh, so one could say there is no end to cyclic existence because Arya Deva says, fool, if there is no end whatsoever to this ocean of suffering, and one needs to be able to understand that there is no end to this ocean of suffering if there is not a realization of emptiness. But there is an end to the ocean of suffering. There is an end to cyclic existence. Uh, um, uh, um, there is, but there is an end to cyclic existence. Decent. <laughs> ยันตาบันนะเดวามาเรสละซะดุงเหวยินะดุงเหวยินบาชะมาชะวะติตบันโดตาดุงเหวยินะดุงเหวยินบาชะมาชะวะติตบันโดตาดุงเหวยินะด
this uh, happiness of cyclic existence, for instance, the subject, the happiness of cyclic existence, um, is it uh, um, suffering? Yes. Uh, is it pain? Um, and we would say, well, no, it's not pain because we have a happy feeling or, or a happy, um, uh, yeah, hap so a happy feeling. Um, therefore, it's not pain. Um, so a doubt arises when we look at these two words um, uh, and, and, and try to see how we would compare them. Um, so we find this, the becha gaire, the musum, the ジャンパシンのタマソでドゲンはとドゲンでマソイメジーズ。プラス。タマソイズなドゲンのドゲンはイムチョスラウジロ。ドゲンのドゲンバチョ。チャナスロワ。アンシャンチョシャンバチョミ
uh, and therefore uh, it is it then it's not contaminated, so therefore it's not suffering. Um, so uh, this is uh, how you would analyze this, and why doubts can arise because these examples can be given to show why. Uh, one wouldn't necessarily pervade the other. The, the ex- um, uh, uh, why one wouldn't uh, necessarily pervade the other. Then Dunyawa Yin, the Rimache, Dunyaw Yin, Dunyawa Mayan? Je so then, the, again, the 400 stanza says, Fool, if there is no end whatsoever to this ocean of suffering, why are you who are caught up in it not afraid? Uh, we have to say that there is actually a way to end cyclic existence. Um, um, and this line is referring to those who have not realized emptiness. Without realizing emptiness, there is no end whatsoever to the ocean of suffering. There is no end to cyclic existence. Then Lama Tsongkhapa states, by saying, in fact, this cyclic existence is not happiness but suffering, the Buddha explained many forms of suffering and led his disciples to become disenchanted with cyclic existence and recognize it as suffering. As this is a necessarily necessary precondition, the Buddha spoke first about the truth of suffering. So, um, uh, in the higher realms of cyclic existence, uh, we would think that we were experiencing forms of happiness, but it, these uh, experiences are not happiness, they are suffering, because they arise possessing karma and affliction. So they're a risal, um, uh, it's more, more like uh, their arisal is influenced by karma and afflictions, or possessed, you know, possessing would be more literal, I believe. But possessing the karma and afflictions. Uh, so this, uh, this is the reason why it is suffering um, and not happiness, um, because this experience is, arises uh, from karma and afflictions. Um, so the Buddha explained many forms of suffering 
and be um, led his disciples to become disenchanted with cyclic existence and recognize it as suffering. Um, so recognizing that all forms of cyclic existence are necessarily suffering. When we look at this example of the Arya Bodhisattva, eighth ground Arya Bodhisattva, giving his or her limbs uh, or eyes or parts of the body away, um, we also see that um, there is a great joy or happiness that accompanies this generosity for the Bodhisattva. Um, so we would see that, that when we would use this as an example, uh, as something that's pain, we could counter that or by saying, well, it isn't, because the Arya Bodhisattva is experiencing great bliss or joy when in, engaging in generosity, just as the hearer who um, um, catches uh, the Rimache, the Nyantu, the Meabong. Oh, okay. So the, uh, the hearer's practitioner, foe destroyer, uh, sits in this nirvana, this abiding in nirvana, uh, and is experiencing this great bliss constantly uh, um, uh, at, at all times. Uh, he or she is experiencing this bliss at all times. Uh, so we'll take. So we have doubts about these two words, uh, suffering and pain. Chichu Okay. Okay, 
Lodan Sem Gewa Ale, Shanchi Okay, so when we look again at the 400 stanzas, uh, fool, if there is no end whatsoever to this ocean of suffering, why are you who are caught up in it not afraid? It seems to contradict uh, the previous, uh, the, what the Buddha stated um, about cyclic existence having no beginning but having an end. Um, and it does not contradict it because it implicitly is referring to those who have not uh, realized emptiness. Because if, you have, if one has not realized emptiness, then uh, one can't get rid of the grasping at true establishment. If the grasping at true establishment hasn't been gotten rid of, then the afflictions haven't been, and then the karma hasn't been. And therefore, uh, since the karma and afflictions haven't been abandoned or extinguished, there is necessarily cyclic existence. Um, so um, we have to say that this is referring to those who have not realized this emptiness. Um, uh, so then it says, by saying, in fact, the cyclic existence is not happiness but suffering, the Buddha explained many forms of suffering and led his disciples to become disenchanted with cyclic existence and recognize it as suffering. And this is necessarily a necessary precondition. The Buddha spoke first about the truth of suffering. Um, so uh, when comparing this words, and they're just using suffering, suffering in the, the body of the text, but when we compare these two words that we're using, suffering and pain, uh, um, we'll find that there are differences, or there may be differences, uh, and we begin to doubt uh, whether or not there are. So if we, uh, are there three or four possibilities or permutations? Are they um, mutually exclusive or synonymous? Uh, we would say, um, well, it, for example, the subject, um, when uh, somebody uh, sees uh, suffering, uh, and when a bodhisattva um, uh, sees suffering, for instance, uh, he or she um, uh, generates love and compassion. Um, at that time, uh, there's an unpleasant, isn't there an unpleasant moment of the mind when he or she realizes or recognizes another being is suffering, uh, which would then move that, them to want to free them? So isn't there a, a time where the mind has been made unpleasant in the bodhisattva by the suffering that he or she is witnessing? Um, and is that then pain? Um, so here are more examples uh, that we have to think about uh, when we compare these two subjects together um, of suffering and pain. Um, so, and then we also have to take into account uh, that it is stated that all of the actions of a bodhisattva's body and mind are virtue. Um, so it's, that's also stated in texts. Um, so then uh, we have to uh, um, just analyze this according to what we know of these points. So the, the, so the feeling of pain, the feeling of happiness, bodhisattvas, etc., etc. Um, so we have to look at all of these points in order to understand uh, these different these subjects. Thanks, <laughs> 
So the reason that the Buddha um, uh, spoke first of the truth of suffering um, is so that disciples could uh, become disenchanted with cyclic existence, uh, so that disciples could um, generate renunciation or desire to definitely emerge. Um, so this is the reason why uh, this truth of suffering is presented first uh, um, when we look at these stage, uh, the truths according to practice. Um, it, it's uh, um, uh, um, so that disciples can wish to definitely emerge or have the determination to be free from cyclic existence because of recognizing that it is suffering. Um, so uh, that is the reason for uh, the truth of suffering being first. So this, this section is slightly difficult when we look at it. Um, but by going through it again and again, uh, we're allowing Lama Tsongkhapa's words to influence our own minds uh, so that our wisdom increases. Uh, so we're, um, this is the reason for going through this again and again, is for the increase of our own wisdom by our, our minds being influenced by Lama Tsongkhapa's wisdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the next um, deals with the origin of suffering. So once we understand the nature of suffering, uh, or understand exactly what suffering is, we will uh, not want it. But just by uh, having this wish or to not have suffering or not wanting to have suffering uh, isn't enough. This doesn't make the suffering go away, um, just wanting it to. We have to look at what the cause of the suffering is and then abandon that in order for the suffering to go away. Just like if uh, we uh, have an illness, for instance, we're diagnosed with cancer or tuberculosis, um, we would go to a doctor. It wouldn't just go away because we thought, 
we wish we were, we want to be free from tuberculosis or free from cancer. It, this thought wouldn't make that go away. It would be necessary to go to the doctor, get uh, a diagnosis, and for the doctor to say, this is what's causing the illness, uh, this is what's causing your condition, and this, this is the medicine you take uh, um, in order to get rid of the condition that you have. Um, so it's a similar process. Once we understand what suffering is, um, and uh, we want to be free from it, we have to find out what's causing it in order to figure out how to become free from it. Um, so that's why the second truth is the truth of origin, because once you understand the truth of suffering, you'll want to get rid of it, and you can't get rid of it without knowing what causes it. What did get, the, yeah, yeah. Knowing what causes it and getting rid of what causes it. So the reason for debating uh, is to increase your wisdom. You have all of these ideas um, and, and, uh, uh, that you're um, using uh, to increase your wisdom in the process. So you have other people's ideas and your own ideas and you're using this interaction uh, to increase your own wisdom. And that's the best way. So th this is what debating is for. By thinking of something a lot, your wisdom increases. By thinking of it a lot. So this is uh, the point about origin that Lama Tsongkhapa makes. Once you recognize suffering, you see yourself as submerged in an ocean of suffering and realize that if you want to be liberated from suffering, you must counteract it. Moreover, you recognize that you cannot stop suffering unless you counteract its cause. By investigating the cause of suffering, you come to understand its true origin. Consequently, the Buddha spoke next about the truth of origin. So this reason is presented for, the, this is the reason why the truth of origin is, sec, is the second um, um, truth, I forgot this from before. This is the reason why the truth of origin is the second truth. And if we look at this presentation, we can understand all of the other presentations. If we understand this, what this means, we can understand all of the other presentations of the first and second uh, superior truths. In <laughs> other texts, if we understand this. <laughs> Legi <laughs> 
So, I'll just continue to read. Uh, Next, you developing understanding of the truth of the origin and understanding that contaminated karma produces the suffering of cyclic existence, that afflictions produce karma, and that the conception of self is the root of the afflictions. When you see that, you can eliminate the conception of self. Uh, you will vow to realize its cessation, which is also the cessation of suffering. Thus, the Buddha spoke next about the truth of cessation. Um, and then it gets into a debate um, uh, about points uh, of order. Um, so, if you have contaminated karma, um, uh, then that has been produced uh, by afflictions. Uh, and then, if you have these afflictions, those have been produced by the conception of the self to be truly established. So the uh, conception of phenomena, conception of the self as being truly existent, as being truly established. So this grasping is what brings about the afflictions. The afflictions bring about the contaminated karma, uh, and then, the con- then uh, we, that brings about cyclic existence. Um, so uh, um, one uh, can get rid of uh, um, the contaminated karma by getting rid of the afflictions which are gotten rid of by getting rid of the misconception of self. 
um, so it is this misconception of self that is at the root of cyclic existence. Um, so it's, it says the reason for uh, the Buddha uh, um, talking about the truth of cessation in the third category uh, is uh, <coughs> when you see that you can eliminate the conception of self you will vow to realize its cessation, which is also the cessation of suffering. Um, uh, so, um, once you find out what the origin uh, um, uh, is, you will want it, uh, um, uh, and understand it, you will want to end it. Um, you will want to end the afflictions, you will want to end uh, the suffering, you will want to end the conception of self, uh, because that's what brings about the suffering that you uh, want to end. Um, and so that's the origin of what you want to end. Um, so then we get into a debate. Uh, and where it says qualm here, uh, if we look at the Tibetan, the Tibetan word is a word that's very similar to another word that's used in texts. Um, and th that would be translated like some, some say uh, or some assert. Uh, so if you read it like that, some assert if the teaching if teaching the truth of suffering promotes the desire for liberation should not the buddha have taught the truth of cessation immediately after teaching the truth of suffering um, so that's uh, how the debate would begin uh, some say this and then there would be a response and in this case jay rimbache gives the response to what some say to negate what they are saying uh, to clear away the misconception that's being presented. Dixon Rinpoche. That land is what Jeremy Land. You made this. Teaches. Don't you know what? 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 Don't you know the so the first response that Lama Tsongkhapa makes is as follows. Uh, there is no mistake. Why at this point, after you recognize the truth of suffering, you have a desire for liberation and think, if only I could attain a cessation that relieves this suffering. But if you have not identified the cause of suffering, and have not seen that you can eliminate that cause, you do not yet regard liberation as something attainable, and thus do not think I will realize a cessation. Um, so in terms of order of practice, uh, this is the reason uh, it is placed there, um, because there are these pre-steps, these pre-requirements that have to be in place in order for you to actually believe in the possibility of this cessation to um, yeah to to believe it. Tada tabala and gobang tabala gobang shawun hobby zimba 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 na what 
in this way, when you do think I shall realize the cessation that is liberation, you become interested in the truth of path, wondering about the path that leads to this cessation. For this reason, the Buddha spoke about the truth of the path last. Um, so, um, uh, the reason for this is, once you realize uh, there is this suffering, this is what causes it, um, I want to be free from it, then you begin to uh, wonder how does that take place? Um, what, is, what, are the, what, what are the things that I have to do in order to achieve cessation of these things, uh, in order to um, uh, abandon uh, suffering? Um, and that is why then uh, the truth of path is presented at that point, um, because then uh, that truth of path is how one eliminates the cause, eliminates the origin uh, of suffering. so we find uh, um, then uh, a quote from Lord Maitreya's Sublime Continuum. And there's so many um, points and implicit information within this. Without a commentary, uh, to really dissect this would be difficult uh, without, without it. Um, and just as a translator's note, um, this is very readable in English. It has been converted into something that's very easy, much easier to read than the Tibetan is presented, if that makes any sense. So um, uh, as a Tibetan reader, um, this would be very, very difficult to find out exactly what the points are because a lot of it's much more condensed uh, and using more rarer language in some cases um, that you have to figure out what it means. Where, and it's been presented in English in a very uh, palatable way, in a way that is very easy to understand. So if you're as thinking as a reader, this seems like it's not as complex. It's, it's been made easier in the English in some ways. Um, um, so if you were to take the raw Tibetan text and just translate it word for word in English, you wouldn't come up with this uh, very clear way of understanding it. So that's just a translator's note uh, for anybody who's you know, watching or listening and, and at times wondering why um, uh, some of this uh, seems um, like it isn't as difficult. Um, it's because it's been made easier in some ways by the translation. So uh, the sublime continuum uh, states, uh, um, uh, so this section 
is the section where Lama Tsongkhapa uh, does the proof by two ways. Um, uh, proof by way of scripture and then proof by way of uh, signs and reasoning or analysis. So uh, he uses Lord Maitreya's sublime continuum for the proof by scripture uh, and then the next part uh, shows the analysis section or the how one would uh, look at it according to uh, using correct signs or correct proofs. Uh, so uh, the Four Noble Truths uh, are in the order of the truth of suffering, the truth of origin, the truth of cessation, the truth of path, because Lord Maitreya's text, uh, Sublime Continuum, presents them in that way. Recognize that you are ill. Eliminate the cause of the illness. Attain health. Rely on a remedy. Likewise, you should recognize, eliminate, attain, and rely upon suffering, its cause, its cessation, and the path, respectively. Um, so this is the scriptural um, proof. What <laughs> What <laughs> So the sublime continuum states, recognize that you are ill, eliminate the cause of the illness, attain health, rely on a remedy. Likewise, you should recognize, eliminate, attain, and rely upon suffering, its cause, its cessation, and the path, respectively. So recognizing that you're ill, uh, so um, someone uh, um, recognizes that he or she has an illness or a disease. Um, this um, illness is uh, an example that's used to understand the truth of suffering, uh, recognizing that you're suffering, recognizing that you are sick, that you are ill. Um, eliminate the cause of the illness is referring to um, the truth of origin <coughs> causes the illness. So you would go uh, to a doctor and he or she would um, uh, say, oh, this is what's causing your sickness. This is what, what the cause of it is. Um, attain health. Um, um, achieve wellness. Uh, this is uh, uh, um, an example that's used to understand <coughs> the truth of cessation. Uh, if one goes to the doctor uh, and then um, is given medication and takes it, then he or she will attain health, will cure his or her illness. So this is compared to the truth of cessation, the cessation of suffering. Uh, and then rely on a remedy uh, is uh, an example used to understand uh, the truth of path. So here this remedy be, would be, for instance, if you go to the doctor and he or she gives you a specific medication for cancer or for tuberculosis um, and you take this medication, 
uh, and then you'll be free of your <coughs> illness. Um, so um, um, the relying on a remedy is simply <coughs> to the path that one engages in in order to achieve that cessation of <coughs> suffering. So Lord Maitreya uses these four examples, uh, um, uh, the actual illness, uh, the um, cause of an illness, the achieving health and relying on a remedy to the cause of uh, the truth of suffering, origin, cessation, and path. Digson. So now we'll get into the analysis. The right signs, proofs. Less, so this being the case, the four truths are taught repeatedly throughout the Mahayana and the Hinayana. So in looking at these four superior truths, we find uh, this cause and effect relationship that they have with one another. If we find, group them, we show one group of, is how one is uh, bound to cyclic existence, uh, and then the other grouping showing how one is unbound from cyclic existence or freed from cyclic existence. So the truth of suffering and origin show how one is bound to cyclic existence or kept in cyclic existence. And truth of path and truth of cessation show how one is freed from, unbound from cyclic existence. Um, so it's very important to understand uh, that about these four noble, four superior truths, uh, as they are, um, um, no matter uh, what vehicle uh, we find, uh, we find the presentation of these four truths, whether it's Hinayana or Mahayana. Think so. What the um, since the Sugata has included in the Four Truths the vital points concerning the process of cyclic existence and its cessation, this teaching is crucial for achieving freedom. Since this synoptic outline of practice is important, it must be taught to students in just this order. Um, so uh, the, the Sugata is referring to the Buddha. So Lord Buddha um, uh, has taught these four superior truths in this order um, because it is Shintu uh, extremely important for achieving liberation. So this process um, of, of uh, practice in this order um, is extremely important uh, in, in one's, uh, um, I don't want to use the word journey, or one's uh, um, process to uh, liberation, the process to, uh, to um, enlightenment, uh, the word Enlightenment's fine, or liberation. Um, so, uh, then that's it. Dixon. Too good this. 
so why so it says uh, taught to students in just this order uh, why unless you reflect on the truth of suffering to the point of actually becoming revolted by cyclic existence your desire to attain liberation will be mere words uh, um, and whatever you will do will lead to origins of further suffering. Unless you reflect on the origin of suffering until you have a good understanding of the root of cyclic existence, which is karma and the afflictions, you will be like an archer who does not see the target. You will miss the essential points of the path. Uh, um, you will mistake what is not a path to freedom from cyclic existence for the path and exhaust yourself uh, with, without result. And finally, if you fail to understand the need to eliminate suffering and its origin, you'll fail to recognize the liberation that provides uh, relief from suffering and its origin. Hence, your in, in, uh, interest in liberation will be a mere conceit. Um, so here, uh, we find points that are very similar to the points made in the abbreviated stages of the path. Uh, unless you reflect on uh, the truth of suffering to the point of actually becoming revolted by cyclic existence, your desire to attain liberation will be mere words. Uh, in the Lamrim Dudin, or uh, um, abbreviated stages, it says if you do not make an effort to think about true sufferings and their drawbacks, you will not properly develop a keen interest uh, to work for liberation. If you do not consider the stages whereby true origins of all suffering place and keep you in cyclic existence, you will not know the means for cutting the root of uh, this vicious cycle. So we find uh, in these points the same points that Lama Tsongkhapa makes in the smaller Lamrim. Dixon. <coughs> Sibali 
um, so uh, this section deals with the presentation of correct sign. Um, uh, why, unless you reflect on the truth of suffering to the point of actually becoming revolted by cyclic existence, your desire to attain liberation will be mere words. And whatever you do will lead to origins of further suffering. Unless you reflect on the origin of suffering until you have a good understanding of the root of cyclic existence, which is the karma and afflictions, you will be like an archer who does not see the target. You will miss the <coughs> points of the path. You will mistake what is not a path to freedom from cyclic existence for the path and exhaust yourself without result. Finally, if you fail to understand the need to eliminate suffering and its origin, you will also fail to recognize the liberation that provides relief from suffering and its origin. Hence, your interest in liberation will be mere conceit. So you recognize suffering if you, and then uh, the, what is the origin of suffering? We find the origin of suffering are the karma and the afflictions. If you don't get rid of the karma and the afflictions and you don't know that those are what are, are needed to be gotten rid of, uh, then you won't be able to achieve the state of liberation because you won't uh, uh, engage in the practices that lead to that um, goal. Um, you'll miss the target uh, altogether um, because you aren't getting rid of what needs to be gotten rid of because of not recognizing how it comes about uh, and, and the way out of it in the proper uh, way. So now we get to the next section, which is the actual meditation on suffering. Um, there are two categories, uh, reflection on the universal suffering of cyclic existence uh, and then reflection on specific suffering. So in this section, uh, we get into the um, various um, categories of suffering, eight categories of suffering, six categories of suffering, three categories of suffering. Uh, so in the future classes, uh, we'll get into this part. Jesamba so we have the the outline with the eight types of suffering, six types of suffering, three types of suffering, and then when we get first category reflection on the eight types of suffering, we immediately have a quote from Nagarjuna's friendly letter. It says, Your Highness, 
uh, be disenchanted with cyclic existence, which is the origin of many sufferings, being deprived of what you want, death, illness, old age, uh, and so on. Um, uh, so uh, um, here, uh, this begins the um, order of the various types of suffering that are presented according to eight. Uh, here, cultivating a sense of disenchantment with cyclic existence means reflecting on its origin of many suffering. The eight types of suffering include the four that Nagarjuna states explicitly, being deprived of what one wants and so on forth, as well as the four that are indicated by words and so on. The Bhagavan taught these eight in many discourses when he identified uh, the truth of suffering. So uh, Nagarjuna um, presents these four and then implicitly we know that there are those other four by that and so on part um, because these are the first four of the eight. Um, so uh, being deprived of what you want, death, illness, old age, uh, and then it says and so on. Um, uh, so uh, we, we know that there are the four more uh, to be presented. What she did is so the Nagarjuna's friendly letter is a, a letter of advice to a king named uh, King Deshe Sampo. Um, so this is being written uh, to a king. So it says, Your Highness, um, and that's the reason for this. うん。あ、そう。あの、そう。あの、そう。あの、そう。あの、そう。あの、そう。あの、そう。あの、そう。あの、そう。あの、そう。あの、そう。あの、そう。あの、そう。あの、そう。あの、そう。あの、そう。あ
So in the future, we'll go over these eight types of suffering. Uh, so we'll do the concluding mandala offering and dedication prayer. And thank you, everyone, for coming. I had a prayer book. The one in front. <clears throat> the fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure realm. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Lozandrava to shine forever. I send forth this jeweled mandala to you, precious Guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise Samantabhadra as well. With whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse the three times, I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In that pure land surrounded by snowy mountains, you are the source of all benefit and happiness. All powerful Abulteshvara, Tenzin Jatso, may you stay until samsara's end. I pray for the long life of the precious Kensawandak, upholder of scriptural and realizational doctrines, the spiritual friend who trained extensively in the five great philosophical texts with exceptional wisdom and perseverance.